Hello and welcome, everybody. This is the Smarter Job Hunting Podcast, Jobcast for short, the show where job seekers and corporate leaders find each other and join together as winning teams. In the weeks to come, we'll be exploring what kind of job you really want and need, how you can find it quickly, how to prepare for your interview, and how to pitch yourself. In our last episode, we reviewed why storytelling skills are so important and what the basics of storytelling are. In today's session, we're going to review what questions an interviewer is likely to ask you and how you might answer those questions with stories. Let's get started. A couple of questions are inevitable in any interview. A real common one is, could you tell me about yourself and briefly describe your background? Interviewers like to hear stories about you. Make sure your story has a catchy beginning, a compelling middle, and an ending that shows you as a winner. Remember, many interviewers make up their minds in the first five minutes. So this is a real important step in getting into the company. Start with a related incident that got you on track to enter the profession. Go on to academic and other training background and transition to work experience. Mention a complex or exciting project you worked on that you won. For instance, my background is in war games and virtual reality. Whereas young, I was a latchkey kid with a working mom. So I grew up with video games and a gaming community. I wanted to get into the army, but couldn't pass the eyesight exam. I didn't give up and got into the next best thing to the military, a job with a company that produced weapons training simulators and war games for the Pentagon. I had a degree in computer science, so I started as a programmer and then took night school to become a product designer. It was like being a kid in a candy store since I got to drive and shoot the actual tanks and helicopters so I could build simulators to fight in virtual worlds. One big project I got on was for network tank simulators for the German army and several other NATO countries. We had impossible tough competition from a huge local company named Krupp. Also, I met the head tank general and he said, our US made simulators just weren't realistic enough. So a normal person might've given up, but what happened next was the NATO tank Olympics where teams of tanks went through terrain and shot pop-up targets. The American team had never won. They'd never even come close to winning. So I boarded a helicopter from a friendly U.S. general. We went up and mapped the whole area, including where the targets were. No one had ever thought of doing it. So the tank crews trained around the clock on our simulators. On the day of the competition, 
I made sure our team went last. The American team went through the terrain and came in first with a perfect score. It had never happened before. Came out of the course and stopped with a screech before the reviewing stands, which had rows of astonished generals. They'll never forget what happened next. The crews got out of the tanks and started dancing on top of them to the song, Bad to the Bone, which I'd cracked up on the loudspeakers. We had dancing practice the nights before the competition. I turned to the German tank general, who, whose mouth was hanging open, and asked him, is that realistic enough for you, Herr General? He got the message, and we won the program for over 100 million euros. I went on to get an MBA in international marketing and got some courses that may be sensitive to what different audiences expect in different countries of the world. A second question is, how did you hear about this position? Companies want to know whether you researched them and sought them out or just stumbled across them and whether you had the help of an employee. If an employee recommended you, say his or her name. Don't assume the interviewer already contacted them. But your story then could create the image that the employee was comfortable with you, possibly while meeting over lunch. As an example, you might tell the interviewer, I met Steve Brunson and David Wu at the Metaverse conference. We had lunch and they listened to my background and recommended that I apply here as they thought it would be a great fit. They also mentioned, you've got some really creative teams that I'd love to meet and work with. We even, at my suggestion, took a team from one of your competitors to dinner that night and we picked their brains for what they were doing. I can send you my notes from that meeting if you like. With both stories, you told the interviewer that you think outside the box, that you don't give up easily, and that you come up with really creative concepts. You also told him that you work well as a team member that you play well with others, which is something I guarantee you he's looking for. I've had great luck with going to technology conferences and meeting team members from the company I was interested in and getting local color from them and what the company was looking for. Meeting company contacts can be really creative. I met Jesse, CEO of Marquee Jet, who told me he discovered a contact at a tech conference, but couldn't get in to meet him. So what he did, he found a coffee shop nearby that all the TED attendees went to. He got there early and bought up all the bagels. When the contact arrived and found no bagels, Jesse offered him one and noted that he had 500 more. They hit her off. And that person became 
his first customer for a private jet company startup. Pretty creative, finding where the attendees have breakfast and then ambushing them there. The third question is, what type of work environment do you prefer? This is where you really have to do your research using LinkedIn, company appraisal sites like Glassdoor and Indeed, and personal stories from the employees. If you have the flexibility to work part-time or as a consultant, mention that right away, as well as your preferences for remote or hybrid work. Strongly rehearsed answers will be really useful, especially if there's more than one interviewing, hiring questions at you. In the, if there are several of them, make sure you take a deep breath, face the questioner, and establish eye contact. Let your answer illustrate how your job ethic matches the company. They may, for instance, prefer collaborative management instead of a hierarchy. So you might say, I worked for a company headquartered in Japan where management was by consensus. I quickly learned to get all the decision makers in one room at the same time, else reaching a decision could take forever. I found a friend in the company who provided special snacks for that, and it worked out really well. If you learn the company occasionally has a pressure cooker environment, which is true of video game and similar companies, you might say, that absolutely doesn't scare me. I like fast paced work environments because I'm always learning and growing. I prefer to go through collaborating with team members and reaching a goal together. My last job had a culture that set people up competing against each other. People never smiled. I made sure every one of my team members knew I appreciated them. I brought them coffee and healthy bagels. I always got there before they did and stayed later. On one project, I got a call from a customer that we'd won a million dollar bid. I didn't run into the boss and brag about it like every other manager would have. I got the team together in a conference room, served some really deluxe snacks, brought in the bosses, and then told them that we won after calling out each team member and bragging about their contribution. Notice that you emphasize not only that you're good and that you win contracts, but that you're a team member. Again, Interviewers are looking for that with a question in their mind. Does he or she play well with others? For every story, align with what the company is interested in and come up with a winning ending. Another question is, how do you deal with pressure or stressful situations? The interviewer here wants to know whether you're going to crumble under pressure or keep calm and carry on, as described in the famous British World War II poster. If you're in a large company, 
with different divisions doing the same kind of work, be aware they are going to compete with each other and trying to get several of them in on the same job is going to be really tough. Share an instance where you remain calm in spite of high levels of turmoil. For instance, your story might be, I know stressful situations are always going to come up. So I developed a support network to help me. While working on a new product launch at my last company, vendors told us they couldn't deliver three key parts by deadline. Instead of assigning blame and getting all upset about it, I contacted my LinkedIn network of over a thousand to see what options they could come up with. I found alternatives to the three vendors which delivered the assemblies on time with only a little bit extra uh, express shipping costs. Every morning I do meditations and go exercise. I often think of the things I have to be grateful for. I found you can't be grateful and afraid at the same time. Instead of panicking, I take one thing at a time and don't give up. I have a big sign on my desk with Winston Churchill's motto, never give up. And I really believe that. You've told the interviewer by your story that you're a team player, that you do not panic, that you do not give up, and that you have a large network to learn from and draw on. That distinguishes you from lots of other people. Another question is, when you work on multiple projects, how do you keep yourself organized? The interviewer wants to understand how productive you are and how efficiently you use your time and energy. They're also curious about how you stay on track with different workflows and deadlines and whether you take deadlines seriously or slip under procrastination. Talk about a time you came across a major piece of urgent work and allocated your time and got it done. You might try a story like this. I was tasked with a program that had over a dozen deliverables for a military customer who kept reminding us how urgent it was. On the first day, as I went through page after page of a statement of work, it looked like I had to swallow an elephant. But I remember that saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So I started laying out the bites for me and my team. I put a picture of an elephant with bites on the wall. I took a course in time boxing based on the book, Indistractable. Time boxing is a procedure from agile project management, and it's been rate that's been written up as a great productivity hack. A bunch of my LinkedIn buddies use it and give me tips on how to take advantage of it. It involves translating a long to-do list to blocks of time on my calendar, scheduling them for the days, and then sticking to that schedule come hell or high water. I was familiar with flowchart systems, but they didn't work as well for me. 
I started with time boxing, took on a few tasks and estimated how long they would take and started blocking that time on my calendar. At the end of each day, I looked to see how well I'd done. I usually underestimated how long each thing would take, but I learned and kept adjusting it from the daily feedback. I learned from studies that it takes an average of three times longer to finish a specific task than we think it will at first glance, something called the planning fallacy. But reviewing over and over and thinking at the end of every day about how much progress I made kept me more and more able to predict the actual time needed. You might want to take a printout at this point of one of your schedules that was a success on a program. Continue that your team members learned not to interrupt you unless there was an emergency and you that you plowed ahead and got the project done on time even after the Army customer decided on three major changes at the last minute. After it was complete and delivered, I took the team out for drinks and dinner at a local saloon and we celebrated. They're all time boxing now. It also got me more realistic about taking on new projects. As an example, my office mate Shelly asked me to help her code a new app and instead of saying, sure, as I might have at one time, I showed her the next time box I had available for that. Before, I might have just jumped into it and a dozen other things, and my productivity would have gone south. You told the interviewer that you're organized, that you don't delay things or put them off, and that people ex accept and respect your schedule. Another common question is, on your resume, it seems that you took a gap year. Why was that? Tell your interview that your gap year, or whatever other time period you were unemployed, made you more valuable. Tell a short story on why, and then conclude with what you did that made you more of a benefit. As an example, my team and a whole chunk of the company was laid off because of COVID, so I took some time to reflect. My wife and I weren't happy in our apartment in Los Angeles, so we decided to rent a house here in Austin. We love the music scene, and now I have a white German shepherd dog we take on hikes in the hill country near here. I used the time to get certified in program management. I'd managed projects, but I'd never got the certification. So I signed up with Coursera and Google. It was fun. And I learned a lot about projects I hadn't come across. Next, I took online courses in project coordination and even in managing projects in other countries. I joined a local programming club and discovered a lot, including the latest techniques and hacks in agile management. And two of my friends there, Dan Spader and Ross Wills, recommended I come to your company and meet you. You've told the interviewer that you like to learn, that you're going to be 
even more valuable to him and the company and that you don't give up easily. Another question, and probably the most dangerous one of the bunch is, what's your greatest weakness? Now, don't feel threatened. A lot of people freeze up on this one. Remember, before you came in the room, you had a mindset that you look at the interviewer as your friend. Tell a two-minute story with a happy ending. You might use a twist at that end. For instance, what I used was, I know my weakness is I tend to get excited about a product or service and I get into too much detail. To overcome that, I keep an eye on my big watch here with the stopwatch button to make sure the customer talks for longer than I do. Show the watch at this point. Sometimes I let somebody else do the describing. For instance, I lined up an appointment with a general from the National Guard to show him a training device, a tabletop gunnery training system my company was trying to sell. I arrived a couple of hours early with the demonstration system and met a local sergeant from an armor crew. I quickly trained him in how to use the device. When the general arrived with a whole bunch of colonels, I introduced myself, shook their hands, pointed at the device and said, General, I could tell you all about the features of this system, but why should I? There was a stunned silence in that room. No one talks to generals that way. But I continued, why not have one of your own sergeants explain it? He learned this in under half an hour. Is that okay? The general nodded yes, and I nodded at the sergeant, who proudly demonstrated his knowledge, shot a bunch of virtual enemy tanks as I applauded and even answered questions. The generals then had to try the system because the sergeant had done it. At the end, the general asked him, Sergeant, do we need this? And he replied, Oh, sir, we needed this yesterday. So the deal was done. That sergeant focused on the precise features the unit needed, and he was credible to those military leaders. I found getting feedback from users like that keeps me on track without getting lost explaining every possible detail. During your storytelling, feel free to get feedback with questions such as, has that ever happened to you? Or does that make sense? Check out a YouTube video of Tony Robbins, the masterful storyteller, and you'll find he asks for feedback constantly. What you told the interviewer with your story was that you have a perceived weakness for going into too much detail, but you're aware of it and you master it and even turn it to your advantage. Another common question is, what's your secret to winning contracts? Tell a story about something that actually happened and that worked. Before you start, review your mental image of the interviewer as your friend and that you are helping him and the company. Your story might go something like this. I have three. First, 
I scope out the site the night before and make sure I know where to park and how to get in. If possible, I walk in the door and look around. Then on the day of the appointment, I look like I own the place instead of looking confused, late, and anxious. Second, I tell a story about how my product made a difference, how a client discovered a feature even I didn't know about. Customers like to find out you're fallible, like they are. Third, I try to give the customer something, even something small. I establish this right up front in the give and take of business that I'm a giver. When I'm waiting in the lobby, I usually read a relevant technology magazine or book while waiting instead of doing what everybody else does, which is looking at a cell phone. After mentioning an interesting bit of news for whatever I'm reading, I offer to leave it with the interviewer since I've already read it. Small, thoughtful gestures like that can make a huge difference. Though, of course, they can't look or feel like an expensive bribe. It just anchors the point that I'm willing to give in the relationship. Another question is, talk about when you faced a tough challenge. For this kind of question, mention four things. How you viewed the problem what actions you took, what the results were, and what you learned from it. Again, keep the language simple. Try to avoid abbreviations or technical terms and keep it under a couple of minutes. For instance, my team was creating a video game to train firefighters how to deal with hazardous materials like poison gas and explosives. I insisted on testing and getting feedback early on in the game development process so we could make corrections before they got too serious. But I couldn't get any decent feedback. Our normal testing staff didn't understand what firefighters are supposed to do, and a firefighter that got hired kept complaining he couldn't understand the video game interface. I went to the local fire station and asked who played video games really well. I got four guys I hired on the days off. They understood the training objectives and gave us lots of feedback. This is in New York. They said, we don't care about the turnstiles, but this just doesn't look like a New York subway. It's too clean. So we skipped the details of the turnstiles to let people in, and we put trash all over the place. So look realistic. We worked with those four guys to make the corrections early on and finished on time. The customer loved it. They tried it at the fire academy. The students stayed late after classes to keep playing the game and learning from it on their own time. So I learned that for certain software testing, you need dual expertise. Somebody who understands both your technology and what the customer needs. The next time I started hiring people like that a lot earlier in the process. When you are answering these questions from the interviewer, 
Remember that stories are told live with the other person being able to see your body language, hand motions, and facial expressions. All of those should be practiced at home and captured on video. Do lots of dry runs and have friends give you feedback and make sure they understand each story. At the end, after you've told each story, have them repeat the basic points of it back to you. Storytelling on Zoom or other online platforms is more difficult and needs to be practiced and captured on that platform. Always remember you're selling yourself and that stories are a great way to close a sale and get hired and make the customer, the interviewer, remember you. Practice those stories beforehand, both alone and to friendly audiences. Video yourself telling them, make them personal, and keep them short and clean. In the next podcast, we'll get you started on getting ready for the interview, interacting with the interviewer, or what to consider, and how to conduct such an interview now that you know how to answer most of the questions. Much of what we covered today is in the recently published book, Smarter Job Hunting, available on Amazon in print or as an ebook. It addresses the problems those in the job hunting biz face, including job seekers, job counselors, and human resources executives. The coming week, we'll go over sections of the book. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Tune in next week and happy hunting.